0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the On The Counter podcast. We're joined here by me, Nat, Dan, Jacob and a new member... Zen Berry
1: Sport.
0: Today we are going to be talking about uh, the results that happened in the Premier League this week. Uh, We're going to question what we think about uh, Michael Arteta and uh, Arsenal and is his position in trouble. So let's get started with... um, uh, We'll start with Southampton beat Man City, which was a 1 0 win to Man City. What do you think about that? Southampton.
2: Yeah, well, I think Kevin De Bruyne really showed his class in that game. Uh, you know, his he's, he's, he's ball to Raheem Sterling, although it was a pretty standard across the box goal, uh, you know, it showed the vision to get there. And Sterling as well. He's had a slow start to the season, but for him, especially being an England fan, I hope he can uh use this and get
1: running from this. I, I actually thought Southampton could have done a lot better. Because if you look at like the past uh, games they've played, like James Ward-Prowse, he's been one of their best players like open up play and making chances. But in that game it was just kind of like flat from Southampton in my opinion. And although in the second half I think they did a lot better than the first half they did make chances but they didn't make like clear-cut chances if you understand what I mean.
2: I would actually say that Southampton managed to like yeah. hold their own against them. They held, they, they held their own quite well. They were in the game and I think you know they have been a bit on you could say fluky form this se- season but I think if you can hold your own against a team like City and only lose 1-0 uh, I think you know, I don't see why they can't finish in a Europa League spot.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the City side of things, I felt like we, we've seen Southampton come, come um, into their games with this high, high mm. press. And um, I feel like uh, City dealt with the high press very well. They were, uh, as we know, most of the players are very comfortable on the ball and they passed around it. Um, I feel like players like John Stones, he's in a good run of form at the minute. He's uh Pep's choosing to play him over La Uh We all know he's uh, very comfortable on the ball, but it's always been his sort of reading of the game that's been an issue. But it, he seems to have um, worked on that and he's doing pretty well. I say on the City side of things, they lacked uh, the finishing. They just sometimes needed uh, to kill the game and they've sort of struggled with that recently. They, they've they always been to have the creativity, but it's just uh, the final uh, get it in the back of the net, which I feel like you saw as soon as Sergio Aguero got injured, really. One
1: thing that I'm looking at now is the fact Danny Ings a goal scorer for Southampton and he did come off in the 41st minute. So that is a key striker gone for them was for the majority of the game. For, I think it's his knee. Yeah, it is was, it was reported problem? that um, that's quite worrying.
0: It was uh, yeah, it it was reported that um uh it wasn't going to be too serious but they they were still unsure.
1: And also, the signing of, uh, not the signing, the sub of uh, Redmond, if you watch the game, I think it's like the first four touches he ever had on the ball, which were one, missed touch, missed control, went out for a throw-in, went on the counter. Another one, I think, was he had two chances where he, he's in the box, falls to him on his right, completely misses it. Then he goes on his left and he pretty much tame hit straight at this and. I think that sub was poor, if I'm going to be honest, from Ralph Mm. House. I also want to add the fact that they had six corners, and for a side that has Vestergaard and Bednarek, who are, if I'm going to be honest, mountains, they didn't use them effectively. Yeah, I
0: completely agree. What do you think about the the penalty
2: shouts for Southampton? I think those those two penalty shouts, and I think both of them were quite convincing to me. I think if they get them and score them both. Because they were in the game other than that, you know, score them two penalties and you take the three points.
3: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, definitely.
1: I also do think that when their front well the front two for most of the game were just youngsters. So that's kind of an issue when you don't have Danny Ings up top, who do they have? Adams and someone from the youth team. We do need to sort out in the January yeah. Chance window, personally.
0: Yeah, I which mean, is we've seen obviously uh, with the squads of the teams like Man City, they can always rotate a lot well. And it's where the um the the teams in the bottom half of the table <coughs> usually all the, the the teams with um not as big a budget, that's where they tend to struggle, is when they get injuries and they have to sub because they've not got the, the depth in their squad.
4: Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, Southampton this season, you know, this is the first game they have failed to score in. And with Danny Ings, you know, potentially going out with an injury, even though it's not been confirmed as it being serious or not, this could take a big uh, toll on their season overall. Did Danny Ings just come back from injury? Yeah, he has. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think in that, in that time,
2: in. Che Adams, I thought he did quite a good job at filling in by himself.
1: Yeah, I think he did as well, but I don't think he's like like a clinical goal scorer compared to Danny Ings. Yeah. 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 So I think it was last season Danny Ings got something like 40% of Southampton's goals. And if you take him out of that, mm. then Southampton are not useless up front, but they're not as effective. Mm. Like, by a
0: lot, like a long way. Definitely. All right, let's move on to um, Liverpool-Crystal Palace, an absolute goal fest. Uh, <coughs> Liverpool winning 7-0. Um, yeah, just goals glow. What do, what do we reckon?
2: I yeah, thing I'm a Liverpool fan. I mean, it was a very good that.
4: game. Yeah, it was a very good game for us. I mean, the the tempo was always there throughout the first half. Uh, Southampton did play better in the first half. Uh, not Southampton, sorry. Crystal Palace. Um... In the second half, they fell apart. You know, just... It's constant pressure from uh, Liverpool. is just what makes uh, teams crumble, a lot, I guess. So, I mean, Salah coming off the bench and getting two goals. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain coming back from injury as well, getting an assist. It's not a bad way to come back, really, is it?
0: No. no I also feel like... um. Uh, at the beginning of the game, uh, Chris Price was definitely in it. They had two very good chances, one where Ayu uh, uh, was running in and he, he just had to sweat it across, but the pass was behind. And if they scored that, it, w- it would have been 1-1 and you're right back into it. But in the first half, especially like the first quarter of the match, it was uh, Liverpool were the team who took their chances and that's what I, I think led them to run away with it.
2: Yeah, well, we saw Liverpool. They had 14 shots in total. And they scored 17 goals. So I think they have been clinical in front of goal in this game. Uh, They had eight on target, I believe. Um, So the Crystal Palace goalkeeper has got to be a bit annoyed with himself. Didn't have the best day, obviously, conceding seven. But yeah, shows definitely how clinical Liverpool can be. And as well, Minamino got his first Prem goal for Liverpool. So that will hopefully do him the world of good with his confidence. And hopefully we can see... Uh, even though I'm a United fan, we can hopefully see big things from him in the future.
1: I think we're also seeing if uh, if you watched the game, you saw Liverpool would just keep doing loads and loads of not like effective. You wouldn't say they're really effective passes, but good like one-touch passing in the final third, going around the Crystal Palace box, trying to break them down, which I think he Klopp's really installed into his Liverpool team at this point in time, like. And the, like their squad rotation as well, having them—they they have three midfielders like pretty much every game—and to have like Kaita, Henderson, Wernham, and then having people like Jones, Oxley, Chamberlain, and what who you'd usually have Fabinho as like another rotation. I think is amazing. To be honest,
4: mm. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like now this injury crisis that we've had, um, it's kind of opened new doors for us. With using new players we wouldn't really have used properly, um, especially Cater. Cater's been, you know, decent when he's played. Curtis Jones has been outstanding um, as well. Um, yeah, it's just a, an, an amazing performance from Liverpool, um, to be honest. Yeah,
0: well, talk about resting players. Um... When uh, Manny, he's not been on a, a great role, uh, run of form recently, but he seems to pick his feet up with a, a getting an, a goal and an assist early on. And, well, his face, when he had to come off, he, he just wasn't happy at, at all, was he? Um, obviously, I feel like he, he hates it when Salah <laughs> scores more than him. Salah comes on, gets two goals and an assist. Uh, he, he was furious yeah, you, you've got to had... love the... Um... Uh, I also feel like uh, players...
2: No, no, I
3: was
0: going to yeah, yeah, the, the passion to, between
2: two uh, players. Yeah, that's like... good the end of last season, we saw with United, Rashford and Martial, they were pretty much on level goals all last season. And although they they would probably say that they don't mind one scoring more than the other, it's definitely motivation for the other one to perform better. But at the end of the day, you've just got to be happy for the team
0: getting goals. If we move on to like... It's like when they're on the pitch, I
1: swear they hate each other. There was a Burnley game a
0: couple of seasons ago.
1: Yeah I don't think Salah could have, Salah could have passed to Marnie. I don't think Marnie got subbed off and he was just fuming with Yeah.
0: Club. Yeah, I, I... yeah, I feel like uh, another player who played well uh, was Henderson. Uh, I feel like you you've been seeing it a lot. He's um you, you see you see lots of Trent and Robertson getting forward and always being a constant threat and it's sometimes the more simpler things where Henderson he's always he's filling in that role at right back or, or uh, left back and allowing uh Trent and Robertson to get uh forward more without having to track back as much uh basically reducing the running they have to do um it's like it's really like, it's really intelligent play from a captain and um i really think that team uh at the minute especially with the different form of spurs are having i do think they they definitely got a huge chance at the premier league title
1: yeah if we move on to the, the palace side there's one player I was very disappointed in who I think can be like great in the future, and that's Eze. He got subbed off in the 69th minutes. Clearly, if you get subbed off, you probably have been a bit of a stinker of a game. But I know what if you've seen. You've seen yeah. him in that past games where he scored free kicks, assisted in the Tottenham game. He can create chances, but as we saw, seven nil, nothing really happened, which is pretty poor from them
3: and him.
0: Yeah, I, I also just to come back to Liverpool for a second. I felt like, uh, especially on the back of last week's performance, uh, Bobby Firmino played extremely well. He was he's he, he's playing with a lot more confidence in the minute, uh, directing players, getting in the right position, uh, scoring goals now, uh, just just like um, last week. And I think uh, he w- he was saw sort of, that performance from Bobby Firmino was missing recently in Liverpool's side. And that was sort of the dip in form. And now he's back. Uh, they're definitely on the up again. Oh um Yeah, so uh with that game at Sorry Jake, I got something No, to say. I was just
4: saying, uh do we want to move on to the next game?
0: Newcastle Fulham, which ended one one, uh and a red card. Uh, what do we make of the red card?
4: I think it was definitely soft. Uh
2: for me there was not like Barely any contact on Wilson. Um, but, you know, was it inside the box? Was it not? Uh, it might have started outside and gone inside. But an experienced player like Callum Wilson, uh, you've got to know better not to go anywhere near him because he knows how to draw them fouls in and how to get the penalty.
1: Yeah, I think, like what Dan said, they're Fulham are struggling at the moment and they're in a relegation battle. The last thing you want to do. His get a red card. and and Kyle Wilson's quite an old person. Yeah, well, he's like twenty nine, so he's experienced in. He's very old. He's experienced experience for experience <laughs> like the Premier League, playing with Bournemouth for like five seasons, and like yeah, he, he knows how to effectively like trick the ref if you understand that like, dive kind of thing. The art of diving. Yeah, and so I think. I mean, when you one 0 <laughs> up, and I, w- I wouldn't say it's comfortable, but like I don't think Newcastle will really do much damage to Fulham.
0: No, they they were poor.
1: And you give away a penalty and and a red card. You just put your team in jeopardy when they just don't need it.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: For, for me, um, the the contact started outside the box, and then. Callum, uh, as you were saying, as he ran into the box, he then fell over. Um, Scott Parker mentioned, even with VAR, this should definitely be spotted. Uh, How did they get it wrong with VAR? Uh, It's a bit clueless. Uh, Also, Mm. sort of the same thing happened to Luckman for Crystal Palace. Uh, Almost the same thing uh, like (coughs) on the edge of the box, sort of, was it in the penalty or not? Very similar contact. And they didn't get it. So if one was given, I felt like the other should have. And if I was a Crystal Palace fan, I'd be... Uh, pretty annoyed, uh, and then on, on to Newcastle. Well, the the goal that they conceded, the own goal by Matt Ritchie, was I was, like, that was so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, it was hilarious. Um, I felt like overall, though, on the Newcastle side, they were really poor. Uh, they uh, didn't have much possession uh, at all, and they didn't really go in to control the game. And they they looked behind for most of it for me.
4: Game was pretty much fifty fifty uh by stats. Yeah, possession was pretty much Yeah, Passing was fifty fifty, accuracy was fifty fifty. The only thing that um sort of was different was uh Fulham with seventeen fouls. Uh compared to Newcastle's other yeah. it was four or seven.
0: Yeah, sorry, well, what I mean is that, like uh possess like uh, useful possession like when you're in the yeah, final yeah. third. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, just like passing around your defence is not really doing much with it. So, yeah, I should have said doing something with the possession, moving forward, uh, sort of having possession more in the final third. Uh, Yeah, I felt like uh, they would definitely take a point out of that game from their performance. They they would, would, would have wanted more, but after how they played, I think they were pretty lucky to get a point with the penalty. Yeah.
1: With Newcastle, I think there's one worrying aspect about their team. And it's the fact that Callum Wilson's their top goal scorer with eight. The next one's Joel Linton with three. There's such a massive gap yeah. in the, the goals. And I do think I, prefer, yeah. I think maybe half of Callum Wilson's goals are from penalties or something like that. He scored quite a few penalties for them. So it shows that they're not really creating many chances. For their strikers, which I think is quite worrying, especially for a club which, as we've seen... Well, they're not awful at defending with uh, Dalo, who I think is a decent keeper, and they still have the Bravka, But when you're mid-table, you do need to have maybe more than one goal scorer,
3: if you understand mm-hmm. what I mean.
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah, definitely.
2: I feel not have a few goals this season. He normally
1: gets um, a few. John Joe, uh, Shelby. I think
4: he has probably
1: John Joe Shelby. I think has got one.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> I think
2: yeah. I think we can see a bit, a few more goals from players in, in midfield, you know, other attacking
3: players. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Next
0: game. Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll move on to um, uh, Sheffield United versus Brighton. It's a 1-1 and a, a, a red card for um, Sheffield United. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what, what do you make of the red card, first of all? Yeah,
2: yeah, he has he has got to the ball first. Obviously, the follow-through uh, stood up. He went in very fast. Uh, and I think it is yeah. is is violent, which I guess that's why he sent him off. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with the red card. Because you know, he can't be following through.
1: Right, right. Yeah,
0: there's no complaints from me.
1: Oh, I was definitely. I know Chris out. Wild. I know Chris Wilder was quite angry in in his post-match interview about that, saying it was well not a fair challenge, but it's a con- saying it's a contact sport. So. so I think
2: obviously Sheffield United are a pretty, as we would call it, a Brexit side. So maybe maybe a lot of Brexit their boys. players and fans would think. You know, if that tackle happens on a Sunday League pitch, everyone's going. That's a brilliant tackle. Um, but obviously, you know, in the Premier League, the referees are a bit more onto it and can spot that it's it's not it's not a
3: clean tackle. Say the least.
5: Yeah,
1: I do think Sheffield. If we look at the stats in that game, Brighton are all over them in uh, every department. When it, yeah. Um, they had 21 shots to Sheffield's five. They had 14 corners. And I do know Sheffield are quite a big side, so they don't really they won't really concede that many off corners when it comes to, again, at least against Brighton. Uh, and they also have 74% possession compared to Sheffield's 26. So it's just... And I think Brighton would be disappointed about that with this result. Especially only scoring in like
0: the last yeah. minute. Yeah, you you're seeing good performances from Brighton this season. Okay. However, they're just they're not getting the results they need. Uh, showing that I think both these ties, uh, sides, sorry, are definitely in uh, might get relegated. Uh, Sheffield United for me are pretty much down and out with one point uh, all season. I mean, I don't think... Uh, two points, sorry, all season with this game. And um, I don't think we've seen um, a performance, a worse f- uh, start to a season uh, that I can remember. It's, it's yeah. uh, terrible from them, which is a bit of second season syndrome. Yeah, I, I, don't, was, I don't
2: know what went wrong. because well, do you think? A, you think they're gone? They had such a good season last year for a newly promoted team. And to go from that to just all of a sudden getting no wins and only two draws after about... How many games did they play, like 13, 14? It's very poor.
1: I do think, for at least a team like Sheffield, yes. aren't technically the best. Like they're probably technically the worst in the Premier League, when you think about it. The fans, I think, are a major contribution how they did well.
2: Yeah. True,
1: And also, mm. the, I don't think Ramsdale is anywhere near an upgrade on Dean Henderson when Dean Henderson was there at Sheffield. 'Cause if you look at yeah. you go into some of the other games that like some of the games they've played, some of those some of the shots that or some of the goals they conceded, I do think Dean Henson would have saved when he was there. But Ramsdale lets them in. Yeah. Another thing would be their goal scoring. Last season I think their top goal scorer was Moose with seven. Which you can't stay up you, in, in like the next season with a go- with yeah, no goal I scorers. Mean... Above 10 at least.
0: The goal today was pretty... The deflection was pretty fluky. Uh, they really got no one up there. They got... what Was it Brewster they yeah, signed? twenty five Just not... Not adequate enough for the Premier League at all. Not a good enough improvement.
1: No. I do think the signings of, like, Boggle, I think they signed him, I think, from Derby. And Lau. Yeah. they just... I do think they're just kind of, like, panic buys. Not, I wouldn't say panic, but... Why are you getting in the championship players? You need to look. Yeah, to stay in the prem, you need to buy players from who are an proven, not somebody who plays for Derby. You what I yeah, mean. yeah. I think yeah. they could
2: have probably done with bringing in an experienced player over a up and coming player. I think that would have definitely helped them a bit, bit better. Like we see a lot, a lot of struggling teams. to bring in Jermaine Defoe uh, to help them. So a player like that would have. Can be really United here.
1: I think they've also been unlucky with the loss of O'Connell for, I think, the whole season. I think he might be out for the whole season. So they've had to bring in the Jags to help at centre-back. And also with Basham being like 33, I think, or 34, they need to sign someone yeah. new. Mm. A new centre-back, I think, because he just isn't cutting it.
0: Do we want to move on then to um yeah the next oh, game? I want to talk uh,
1: about. Can I talk about something else? Yeah, yeah. I do think on Brighton's <laughs> yep. side, the one thing they've not been doing effectively is finishing. Because if you look in, like yeah. especially the United game, I think it was like trust I hit the bar like three or the woodwork three mm, yeah. times. Yeah, I think mope has been pretty crap recently, and <laughs> yeah, Connolly terrible who even has scored two goals against Spurs, done nothing since. Mm. The fact that they're having a veteran like Welbeck coming in to having to score goals, I think you need to look at their strikers and go, what are you playing at? Mm. Pretty poor.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Should we move on then to uh, the next game, which is um, Tottenham versus uh, Leicester. Uh, The game ended 2-0 to Leicester, which... You know, from uh, the first podcast we have done, where we thought uh, Spurs were going to win the league, they've, they've yeah. definitely had a dip in form. Well, what do we think about that?
4: I mean, totally poor from Spurs for the last two previous games. Obviously, the last game versus Liverpool um, played, they actually did play very well. Uh, they were unlucky to kind of, you know, to lose. But uh, this weekend, uh, you'd expect them to beat Leicester. Uh, obviously, Jamie Vardy being a massive threat. Uh, to them, and obviously getting a goal or two. Did he get one goal or two?
2: Yeah, well, he was involved in the second goal. He
4: headed it on towards. Uh, oh, that, that was it. To
2: Yeah.
4: The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty much um, just a dominant game by year I reckon.
2: Yeah, you know, we saw with uh the penalty. Um, it was just it was just sloppy shoving the back. Uh, in the penalty area, horrier yeah. It's just, it's yeah. just, uh, just shows. Just stupid games really. Maybe stupid yeah. mistake. Uh, it originally wasn't given, which I was surprised by when it did. Uh, yeah. It's just mistakes like that which are going to ultimately cost cost uh, Tottenham games in the league. Uh, and when you've got someone like Vardy taking them, they're pretty much guaranteed to go in.
5: Mm.
1: I do think, and Don he had a pretty poor game, and I do think sometimes he just tries to go for those, uh, like comp- skill compilation things. Like I saw him do like a nutmeg. Yeah. Of, like, mate, you you losing the game, or you're not you're not even like you're drawing the game, try and impact it in some way. Mm. He's just trying to get like some cool pass just to be put on some Instagram post with, like. Bass boosted music in the background, and yeah, that's not going to get you anything in the future. And then no. Mourinho saw that and was like, Yeah, bail, you're coming on.
2: What about uh, the Madison goal that was ruled off for offside only just? Uh, it was a matter of millimeters. Uh, I thought it was a great ball from Justin. I've got him in my fantasy team, so I could have done with him getting that assist, but it was ruled offside, yeah, uh, yeah it was
0: a great move. Uh, Madison. With a great touch. Yeah, do Person... you think
2: goals like that, where it's just a millimeter? Do you really think that VR could possibly get that right?
4: Um, yeah, I think they can. it if it's if it's to do with anything to do with the feet, like, and it's a millimeter by the feet. Yeah, that's fine. That's you know they have a reason. But if it's your shoulder, like, unless you score with your shoulder or, you know, you your arm, which it never is going to happen, like, there's no point, is there? You're not playing with your shoulder, are you?
0: Yeah, for me, it's always it's always been the... I could talk about this for ages. It's always been the the rule of offside. I, people always uh, go to VAR and blame VAR for it, which obviously VAR has brought it up since they can get... Because VAR always for me get the right decision. Like it is you're either offside or you're not offside yeah. according yeah. to the rules. Yeah. So people are always like, oh it's Vars fault, it's off. Right. But it Vars just pointing out the right decision. You, you gotta go back to the rules where it's yeah. uh, if any part of your body that you can score with, so you can mm. technically score your shoulder is on yeah. is um is is uh uh across the line of the defenders it's offside but for me um this is a stupid rule. I think that it should definitely be daylight. That like, there has to be, uh, daylight between uh the defender and the attacker because it, in a Premier League as well, like you want more goals. Like, why would you not want more goals to make the, yeah. the league more exciting and uh, you'll just make more money at the end of the day uh, with more people watching. So I feel like because uh, they're gaining no advantage to here. Like when you see these people uh, with like they're like fractions. There's no advantage there. They're not sort of Cheated mm. to to get the goal, yeah, yeah. so I feel like if they change it to sort of daylight where there is a clear there's a gap between these players, uh I think that would be the the fairest way uh, of doing it. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: Arsene Wenger actually proposed a new rule saying the furthest back part of the player should be what is counted in the, on the offside. So say like the back of his heels, the furthest part back, then if that part of him is on, on side, then he should be on side, which, you know, Yeah. Which, will that make it better? I don't know. Because they, they'll still, you, you'll still go down to millimetres and I don't think a computer from that camera angle, especially maybe there's a bit blurry. The plays are going at some speed as well. So I don't know if they, that line can get it
4: spot on. Perfect. Yeah.
0: For me, I feel like they, they do get it spot on. I feel like they do always get the right decision. I don't, because obviously a computer can see better than the naked eye. So like when you're judging it from a picture, I feel like you can't tell from the either the pixels. I feel like they wouldn't implement the technology if they knew they could be wrong. It's like imagine they brought in a goal line yeah. technology uh, that could be uh, slightly faulty. They would never do that. Like yes. when they when that buzz happens, it's definitely gone across the line.
2: Well, not in the
0: uh, well, well, Sheffield in United Sheffield in Aston Villa in the, but last season. There, that's yeah, when there you have actually... VAR to implement. I think I don't know yeah. if
1: it was last season when Ronaldo scored the hat-trick against uh, Atletico. There was a debate. It probably was false, but there was a debate about an Atletico fan saying that the ball was smaller on the goal line technology than the actual pitch. Yeah, it was a, probably a little <laughs> waffle, but they that's what he was waffling about. I don't know about that, but I, my, my thing is, I think the actual VAR technology gets it right. Yeah. I just I think it's incompetence from the people in the actual like studio doing everything.
0: Yeah, For, yeah, I always think that as well. I feel like VAR if we if we talk about VAR I'll, I will get into it now. Uh, I feel like VAR isn't the problem. VAR isn't the the thing we need to change because VAR is is being used uh, incorrectly in my opinion. It's being the rules that you use VAR aren't correct. So like I feel like the, the rule about it's not enough to change the referee's uh, initial decision, I yeah. think that rule is terrible because you're saying that incorrect decisions can still go ahead just by, because it's a smaller fraction of a wrong decision, that then means it's a right decision, that to me makes no sense, it should be at the end of it, it should be whatever it, it's either right or it's wrong and just because it's a little um, less right or a little less wrong, doesn't then mean it's okay, I feel like VAR, if it if you see it, it it's either a free kick, it's either a foul, it's either not a foul, it's either not a red card. You just you give it, you you give more yeah. responsibility to VAR. And obviously the counter argument to that is that the referee is no longer in control of the game, which I just completely disagree with, really, because the the referee is on the pitch and if you're giving if the referee is giving wrong decisions, the the players are more likely to get riled up and uh, overturn the ref, like. you don't know what you're doing, you're literally getting the wrong decisions. And I feel like like they say you're getting the wrong decisions, even with slow motion camera angles, they are just get more riled up. so I, I don't I don't see that as a good argument for referees not having total control.
2: yeah, I like I like Rav for the you know when when something is either yes or no, such as an offside or a goal line scene system. That is, like, it's just statistically, it's either it is offside or it's not yeah. offside. But things like penalties, when they, when the referee maybe gives a penalty and then goes and looks at it and it's not, as commentators say, like, clear and obvious, I think if it's not a penalty, then they should overturn it, no matter if it's
5: yeah.
2: a clear and obvious mistake. Yeah. I think that's definitely where, like, that's why a lot of people don't like VAR, not just necessarily because... Uh, of it itself, it's because of the that change in stuff where it, it should be a penalty, it should not be a penalty.
0: Yeah,
1: I also think like the rules should be more like precise. Like you know, like the handball rule. A lot of it was yeah. confusing to a lot of people. Like, it's a whole the, other case. The Liverpool game like last season against City, where Trent I don't know if it's a hand, but like, it was a handball. His hand back twice, but. Hmm back then it was a different rule to what it is now
0: yeah and i I I feel like the referees the referees i feel like are always sort of adapting or the rules to their own thing like they're always interpreting the rules differently i feel like that's where you get Mm. some confusion like it should be what's it now if it ricochets off your off something and then hits your hand it's not handball. say it say it hits your thigh and then your hand it's not handball or if it no. Uh, or and then there's like different rules. Like, if no matter what, if a strike, if it touches the striker's hand, the attacker's hand, and they score, even if it's belt, pelted at them from half a yard, it's still disallowed. I think that's a really stupid rule.
2: Yeah, I think it's consistency, which is also uh, what's annoying the fans. Where some sometimes yeah. it's given, sometimes it's not given, and when. Something's given for a penalty, and then the same thing happens with your end uh, against yeah. an attacker, and it's not given.
0: Yeah, was I, I thought that was a clear example in um, Fulham Newcastle. I feel like with Luckman, it's just uh, it's really poor, it's poorly used.
5: Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah. Do we move on?
3: <sighs>
0: yeah. Well. Yeah. Next game's uh, an eight goal thriller. Man United versus Leeds, six uh, two oh. to Man United. Bruno Fernandes doing bits for me on fantasy, uh, captained him. Uh, what do you make of it, Dan, as a United fan?
2: Obviously, the start from my favourite player, uh, Scott McTominay, for him to get a goal, rare. but even forget to get two, and especially in three minutes, uh, yeah. the emotions were, were very high, and I was just I went, loving Went it. down to make especially a brew and there's only two now. Yeah, especially against Leeds, who, you know, we've not played them for 16 years uh, in the Prem, and to get to get the first game back, to be 2-0 up after three minutes, you know, it, it's a joy to see, really.
1: Also, the McTominay is the fastest, I think, brace um, really, in Premier League, Pro- I think Probably. Because so. it's mm-hmm. in the first I three can't, minutes. I've seen
2: many people peeing.
1: So it's a stat like that. I mm.
2: thought he was going to get his hat-trick when he was running back post, but...
5: Unfortunately, perfect. Ice well. cold
2: Tony. Couldn't put it on. Put
5: on his
1: mm. head. <laughs> I think we yet again see Bruno Fernandes stepping up to the plate <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah. being the heart yeah, well, of the I said, field. Yeah, I said it last podcast. United. I
2: said he's the best player in the world, I could go on about him all. Best player in the world. It was
0: midfielder. Yes, last. Would, I wouldn't uh, say best player, best, well, yeah. best player in the Sheep. world. Last episode, best midfielder. in the world Now it's best player in the world. That's outrageous. Yeah,
2: he's, he's everywhere for me. He's best you can say he's best goalkeeper for a while. I care. He's unbelievable. <laughs> the impact he's had on United, you know, you don't you don't need me to say it. It's been phenomenal. Uh he's got two goals today and an assist. Although one was a penalty, um, which I did want Scott McCormick Patrick, but uh never well, you know. He scored one from open play, he got an assist. And uh, he, he's just a great play to watch although he's, I, I thought maybe a few times today his passing was a little bit off um, but still you can't really fault best player in the world can you?
1: <laughs> what were we done
2: thinking done?
0: on him? Um... Sorry, sorry with then you go
1: done, uh, You mentioned about ice cold Tony <laughs> Oh dear me I think he was lukewarm Tony today with the finishing I think Warm Tony all season yeah, Warm Tony. Yeah, I think every shot he pretty much had was either just dreadful or wide. So it, was never, yeah. it was never in and it was never close to being in. The
2: yeah. thing is with yeah. me with uh, Tony Marshall is, for me, he's not a striker. For me, he's either like a right forward or left forward. Uh, and same with Rashford. You know, Rashford's not an out-and-out striker. Uh, he's, he plays on the left, plays on the right. And I think that's what United have been missing. Obviously, with Cavani coming in, Cavani is an out-and-out striker. But, you know, with his age, he won't be with us long. Uh, so I said this today, I think we... Pogba, for me, doesn't have a have a role in this team anymore. I think we should sell Pogba and buy in a striker that could be with us for five or so years.
0: Who and, would you buy in? You
2: know, is, is an out-and-out striker. Uh, I don't know, really. Yeah. I I'd love to see calvert Loon in the United top. Uh, don't
3: Calvin, don't Calvin we'll don't do that. I would disagree
1: uh, with you, Dan, about the striker thing. I don't think you've got a proper winger, Daniel because James. Although no, thinking. although although you, I, Ice called Tony. I, he needs to just <laughs> be just be agree. on the bench. Maybe get a loan move to a. To like a league inside to get some confidence back. <laughs> well, <laughs> I love to Marseille or Lyon. Yeah, so you can out. get like ten goals a season. Get get older <laughs> get get it flowing again. But I I do think they need a proper winger because you're playing Mason Greenwood, who is a striker, not yeah, a winger. Yeah, Mason, on I the guess right. yeah.
2: I guess when I say we need a striker, I guess Mason Greenwood would, uh, hopefully fill that void. He is an out and out striker for me. Uh, he's shown it in the youth teams. So. Or but with the winger thing, I think Marcus Rashford, he is a winger. You've seen him play on the left, coming in on his right. And I'm talking see about the, the right damage wing he does. Yeah, but you said winger. and you know, if we, see, we see the damage that Rashford does one-on-one against defenders when he can uh, come in on that right foot and unleash one top corner. Uh, but yeah, on, on the right wing, we are laughing. The
1: something. right is what you need and then... I think Greenwood will be the player you're on about, saying the striker, and he'll be there for like five, six years. But he just needs True. to get his form back like he was back in well, last season yeah, when he'd yeah, be last scoring some good goals.
5: Yeah.
0: Well, what do we think on the Leeds end of things? I think what we've seen from Leeds is we know they can score goals. Even here, they've got two themselves, but defensively, they're definitely lacking.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, well, but then again, they do have. And if, if Cooper's out injured, they don't actually have a centre back anymore. Yeah, yeah I was, play say, was or, playing. Ailing was playing centre back. And yeah. that's been happening for the past couple of games now because Koch and Lorente have both been out injured. And they're two of the main centre backs they can use, which I think is bad.
2: Yeah, I think Leeds. They enjoy playing that sort of end-to-end football where they their main goal is just to try and outscore their opponent. Uh, and so, you know, pretty much every game Leeds play is a great game for if you're a neutral fan. Then you'd love to see attacking attacking threats, attacking goals, chances, and Leeds definitely bring that. They man for man marking, which yeah. does it work? Does it not work? I don't think it worked today against United. Uh, could work maybe against small teams, but. I think that's what something Bielsa's got to look at and say, uh, we've, we've got to change the tactic against this club and this club. But I think he's just stuck with the same thing he's done all season. It's not it's not really work today.
0: Yeah, so I think... Cool.
1: Go on, uh, you go. I was going to say that they have the worst record, I think, now uh, when it comes to set... Or corners, I think. If you corners or set pieces, they've conceded yeah. the most goals and especially conceding off the Lindelof goal is one, another one yeah. to add to the list. So yeah. I think that's one You've thing. that's have had, that had a
0: bad day on. when off-scoring.
1: But then again, they don't actually have a centre-back, apart from Cooper. So, And I don't think they have a massive team. I think they've got Bamford, who's like 6-3, maybe. And Cooper, I think they be got 60. Other than that, I think they're quite small. So off a set-piece, they are very vulnerable.
0: Yeah, I feel like you, you saw Leeds in the Championship playing the way they did, look, looking unbelievable. Like, but then as soon as they come against these um uh, these tougher teams in the Premier League, they're still getting results against, I would say, the lower-end uh, teams in the Premier League. But um, higher up, they're, they're getting very sussed out and destroyed pretty much defensively. They're still sto- scoring goals, which is always promising, but they, they they need to look at a defensive side of things.
2: I think one thing with Leeds, which is good, is no matter how many goals they can concede, they're always still looking that bright side. Uh, you know, we saw they were six-one down, but they were basically playing the same football as if it was no yeah, yeah, And that's when we saw that Dallas goal. Uh, so in a way, that's good uh, that they, you know, they've not let the scoreline affect how they're playing. But I think maybe it probably should affect how you're playing. Maybe you go more defensive, more attacking. I don't know.
1: I think yeah. one thing for Leeds is although Bamford, I think, scored nine or ten goals this season in the Prem, yeah. he, he has so many chances every game that he just yeah. doesn't finish. And yeah. if you, you put a better striker there, they're getting way more goals and they can definitely get like a Europa League spot if they have that.
0: Yeah, because they, they brought in Rodrigo, but he hasn't really been the man they wanted. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was saying this, I think, about the last episode, Last episode or so, um, Bamford. Although he is scoring at the minute, he, I don't think he's enough to sort of do do get like you say. They at least could get Europa if they play the the way they're playing and so out at the back. But I feel like you have to improve on Padre Bamford to uh, yeah to get there. Mm. So let's uh, move on to um, the, the okay. next game. Mm-hmm. We've got um, yeah. West Brom Aston Villa. 3-0 Aston Villa, I um and a, a red card for West Brom. I'll I'll start with the red card. I thought um it was just really stupid. Um and Livermore it was clearly got a bit rattled when he, he, he sort of went in a uh, challenge first, didn't come away with the ball, saw so Jack Grealish, and I, although he did what I a lot of people would want to do to Jack Grealish, he just sort of just stood up, kicked him uh, around about the knee. Definitely a red card. I don't think you could really argue with it. Yeah, it's classic
1: Jake Livermore. He yeah, just get in. You see it with players,
0: just get like, uh, they're like, you, you can see it. Like from It's one of those we see from a mile off, like they messed up, they're like, oh, they're like really angry, want to get it back and just do something really stupid.
3: Yeah.
1: I don't think it's a good start for Big Sam.
0: Yeah, his first game.
1: I, w- I wouldn't say it's a, an easy game, but I wouldn't say it's like a hard game. Yeah, it's one. It's, if it's, you it's, want to stay up,
0: you've got to win. I feel like.
1: I, I the red card in the thirty sixth minute is just. Yeah, I mean, if you want to help. show
0: your manager, your your new manager, that like you're, you're about, you've got something about you, and you want to get in this team. It's the worst possible thing you could do. I felt like um. Yeah. Aston Villa started sharp with the the goal early on, um, but I felt like West Brom. They, I saw something from them that I haven't seen previously. Uh, a bit more fight, wanting to win the game. Um, however, later on in the game, they I felt like they gassed out a bit and um, sort of lost the momentum. A penalty, which was just definitely a penalty, um, sort of threw it away there. But Well, what do you think about this then? Because um, I said this to the other two, but since you're new, uh, do you think this is Sam Allardyce's uh, hardest job uh, yet? 100%.
1: 110%. We've yeah. seen this West Brom side. And you even look at the game, like to this game today, the stats, they were never going to win. Like, never going to win. And, like, I'm looking at the stats here. They had one shot that whole game. One shot. Yeah. You you just can't win with that. And also, I do think maybe Big Sam's tactic of hoof it up, head it on, sprinters run, and they score like that, might not work anymore. He needs a, I feel mm-hmm.
0: like he needs the January transfer window to get the players that he 100%. needs to do his style. I feel like mm. the, the only close challenges to this job would be the Sunderland job, where they pretty much, to me at the time, looked down and out, but really got them moving up. But I definitely think this West Brom job is going to be the hardest one he's had yet. Mm. Um,
1: if you look at the actual West Brom team, there's, there's no Premier yeah. League players.
0: Yeah, th- yeah, yeah, I agree.
5: Yeah,
2: and I think what we saying, saying, like one. Slavin Bilic has given Premier League debuts to pretty much his whole squad. And you know, for a team that's mm-hmm. the final you would hope to have some Premier League experience in it uh, that can help the other players through it. But when you you know a full championship team that can't, that just can't compete with uh, Premier League level,
1: the one problem they do have is I think the one some of the players they have, like Krasicki. They have Austin, Livermore, Phillips, Gibbs. They're all players who did play in the Premier League, but a lot of them are relegies serial ones. Yeah. They get relegated every single season. Yeah, you can't Definitely. be signing them to help you stay in because they already know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, it's inevitable. They,
5: yeah.
1: they get more. They get more relegations than goals. Some of these people. So like, yeah, like,
5: yeah. <laughs>
1: like, why? Why? Why bring them in?
0: I find it
5: stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. Well, we'll move on to the last game. We, we've we've left this one to last. Um, Everton uh, versus Arsenal. It was firstly we'll talk about just the game. Uh, for now. Uh, so Everton two, Arsenal one. Well, what what do we make of it?
2: Yeah, I right. thought obviously the goal was an own goal, but. I that I man, okay. Dominic Cavalewin, is involved yet again. Uh, hmm. He's having a phenomenal season. And I know that you don't like to say... I take it back. I take well it back.
0: Oh, Final, Everton you... think, no. I think Everton oh, yeah. will flop, but I did say, I, I did earlier on this season say that um, Dominic Cavalewin, he, he'll have a, a bit of form, but it will drop. But he, to be fair to me, he has kept it up. But do I still think Everton will flop? Yes. They will be a mid-table side. Well, well,
2: I reckon they'll be uh, in the top half of the table for sure. And with the, you know, I, I just can't see them drop, uh, dropping off. You know, they beat obviously Arsenal this season, that's a pretty easy game. They beat Chelsea. They've been getting the points and, you know, the form they're in, I just can't see them dropping off really. I don't think I yeah. can give off
1: And the one thing that he's, he's done uh Ancelotti. Bar Pickford, he's got a solid back line.
3: Yeah. It might be a yeah. back
1: line of centre backs, but that worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. It works. Apart from the goal they got from Tom Davies, the
0: Yeah, terrible. Really terrible.
1: sluggish he seems to never really age. So it's been twenty yeah. for time now. He's <laughs> an absolute right. Peter
0: Pan merchant that lad. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know Pan. how
1: he's I don't know how he's still in the Premier League. Yeah. I I,
0: but he's, he's pants.
1: Apart from, and well, I do think their goalkeeper's an issue. I do yeah, think Pickford's uh, kind of good, but they definitely need yeah. someone who's more trustworthy because you can't trust more, him. Yeah.
0: More sort You've of like no reliable. Like, he, I feel like he's really rash. Like he randomly comes out for, for things that aren't his, but he'll always just have a place in my heart since uh, from FIFA a FIFA World Cup 2018. I mean, mm. what a hero. Uh, I felt yeah. like Everton, uh, they sort of dropped a little bit on form recently, but this uh, got them, uh, uh, the last few games they've got back on form. Um, however, today, I don't think they were at their best, but they still won, which is always a good sign for a team when you're not playing at your like your complete best that like you've shown before, but you're still getting results. Yeah. Um, what else did you make of uh, Everton's performance?
2: I thought that obviously this Gary Mina scored the goal off the corner uh, and that was Pepe was originally marking him which first of all flashbacks flash of, of Colombia right there. Uh, yeah and uh off the corner it just looked like Arsenal did not want to be the first of the ball, Pepe losing man too easily and there just didn't seem any desire to go and actually get the ball there I do
1: think the the first goal was quite lucky because it was an own goal, which was yeah probably it was, avoidable. It was unfortunate.
0: But... It was it was yeah. yeah it was a bit of a freak incident, sort of one.
1: But then the Arsenal should not even mm-hmm. should be. That's the one thing that, in my opinion, I think, Everton are dangerous off, and that's any sort of cross. You have yeah, got so he, and yeah. he's got like the vertical of like Ronaldo. You <laughs> could literally yeah. outjump anyone in the Premier League. You don't want a baller, and he's actually good at like heading the ball. You don't yeah. want him to to even be near a cross, which they let inside like twenty minutes.
0: Oh. Yeah, I felt like um Arsenal uh, today um, were uh, sorry yesterday were um, lacking creativity. They um, it sort of looked like they couldn't be bothered. They weren't closing players down. Uh, And they they sort of lacked options in the final third. They they were sort of moved the ball up, but then there was no one making the killer run or having the killer sort of instinct to to get the goal. I felt like players uh, that's having a really poor game, although he scored a penalty, but uh, all throughout the game was really poor, was Pepe. So the record signing, I want to say 72 million, uh, just wasn't getting involved, wasn't running into the box making the final run. He was sort of sitting off and they didn't really look like he could be bothered. Really,
1: I do. Th- I do think that they weren't. Arsenal weren't like out of the game. Like they weren't like yeah. They yeah. Fully I agree. gone. It just they and that's pretty much been the case for all majority of their losses. They've not been. Strictly, they've, been destroyed, have they? they've not been. They've not been absolutely annihilated. They've just not yeah. done anything. They've had the ball, passed it round. They've done what like Arsenal Wenger's like last season was apart from they they haven't just f- scored pretty much. They pass it round, try and get that killer pass, but they don't have anyone who can actually spot that killer pass or make an actual good run. Like, Willian, mm. he's he's past his peak. Yeah. Pepe, he's just been a massive oh, yeah. flop. And they're Huge. relying on people like Nketiah and Saka, Young, yeah. these teenagers, to do something. Willock, M- 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 Indy, Z- Maitland, Niles.
0: Yeah, I feel uh, like... Uh out of there was very few positives. One positive I could take was Kieran Turney. I feel like he played well. I feel like at the minute he's the only Arsenal player at the minute, sort of uh doing uh, well, looking like he can be bothered. He he basically just he does his job at left back. Uh he, he gets up, he gets back, he, he sort of reads the play. He um he so, he's trying to make things happen in a team where it looks like no one can really be that bothered. And so I would I would say he's playing well, but for the others it's I think it's a bit ropes. We're going to move uh, the podcast onto a, a section about what we think about Arsenal and what's the problem, since they're sitting at fourteenth uh, or fifteenth in the table. Uh, and do we think they're going to get relegated? We'll, we'll start with that question. What do you guys think? Do you think Arsenal will get relegated?
4: No. Um, no, no, but why like, would everyone like to see Arsenal get relegated? I think yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yes. Like I'm not, not- in not-
1: the championship.
4: I want to see how a you know a top Premier League club from five you know from five years ago, or you know if you would class Arsenal as a top team three years ago, um, sort of handle that position in the championship. Obviously, we we all know they will get promoted back up to the Premier League if that's the case. But really, mm. no, they're not going to get relegated.
0: Back onto that, Jacob. Though I feel like they'd be in huge huge financial trouble there because. The jump from championship to Premier League is massive. Like the t- the the income you receive from television oh, is yeah. huge. So with players on the wages <laughs> that they have in the championship, uh, bringing in a lot less money. Um, also with being in the championship, you're getting less away fans. You have got a massive stadium. You're not going to be filling it out as much as you previously were. I think like they they they'll, they'll survive because they, they've got tons and tons of money, but. Um if they then don't get promoted from the championship they'd be re- in really, really serious trouble.
2: Yeah, well you we talk about the money side mm, of things yeah. but unfortunately bags of money can't win you are a football game. You've got a performances from the players has to be better. No matter how much you pay for someone, it's not gonna guarantee your performances. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I don't I don't think Arsenal get relegated. I just think they've They'll, they'll find points somewhere and especially with the likes of Sheffield West Brom I think those two are definitely certain gone and yeah I think other teams having a bad season will definitely help Arsenal
0: yeah I feel That's like just
2: Sheffield United
0: yeah lots of players aren't playing well uh, lots of teams sorry, aren't doing too well I feel like what do you think the problem is then at Arsenal uh, it's the worst season since 1974 Uh They've only got fourteen points from fourteen games and are at four points above the relegation zone. Why do you think that this has sort of happened?
1: Goals. Mm, the lack of goals and oh, lack of creativity. Me. That's literally yeah. mm. I think yeah. what their their goal of the month in October was it? Was it a penalty? Is it was either October or November. A penalty. <laughs> like yeah. that is shocking. You scored one goal.
0: Yeah, it's really, That's really poor. Yeah, it's um uh players like I would say Pepe, who uh, only scored two this season. Seventy two million. I mean, come on, he, he needs to do uh, a lot better there. He doesn't look bothered. It looks like a lot of the players don't really uh can't be bothered playing. Uh they're not being creative, it doesn't look like they're working hard. And I think they lose two or three more games, I think it could be the end of uh, Arteta's Man- managing it there do you-, do you think Arteta's the problem there no I
1: personally no no well it, it yes what? and no depends which way I feel yeah, like it depends which way not, not not including Ozil and including someone like Xhaka yeah I don't yeah. know why I'd do that yeah but we, we thought Emery would do that, that as well I know but then it's
0: just who, I who, would, who sorry what did you say you damn. said Emery yeah, and he yeah. got sacked. So I feel like.
1: Get... And I think yeah, I think uh, when I also... when you're when you're struggling to make chances, you need someone who can do that. And we've seen Özil do that for seasons. And to not use someone when you literally got him there and you can't do anything about it, I don't know why you wouldn't use it.
0: Yeah, I've always said from um from the the Decision of Arteta, I felt was a really so it was definitely risky uh, with not managing, not being a, a full uh, proper manager of a club before, only being assistant to Um Fraudiola, uh, I think um, he it, he was always going to struggle. I feel like it was never going to be easy. The uh, he'll he'll come out and say he's won two trophies, but they, at this point, it doesn't really matter. Fans definitely care more about the the table and uh, definitely want I mean they'll, they'll be disgusted at the fact that Arsenal uh, are 15th at the moment and they if they see Arsenal drop any lower I really do think that they're, they're going to be wanting him it'll be Arteta out
2: yeah we'll see all that again from I'll, yeah.
4: I'll raise some about Arsenal like, it's not totally directed at, at Arsenal as a football club but do you think um, Arsenal Fan TV make the situation Arsenal are in look a lot worse than it actually is?
0: Well, no, not really. You look at the stats, Jacob. I well, think... yes,
4: obviously, you look at the stats and you see Arsenal are absolutely like in poor form. They couldn't get any worse. But do you think, not just Arsenal Fan TV, but media in general, changes the situation Arsenal are in? Yeah,
2: there's one thing the point how... there as in, like... Um... Arsenal are having a shocking season, yes, but I think definitely Arsenal fan TV and the media in general have made it such a meme. You know, Arsenal. There's tons of clips of uh, all the Arsenal fan TV lot uh, that are just going viral, and that's definitely not helping them. I don't think the players will be seeing it, or the people are it. So I don't think it. stuff like that should definitely not affect you. Yeah, I don't
5: think it should affect the football team. I don't it think it'll be
2: affecting be... them, but I think it's just bringing bringing the situation more to light to everyone. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah that's I what I mean. Like... I, yeah, my my wording was wrong there. It was just more to do with the Arsenal, how it's just their fan base is more affected by it than you know. It's yeah. not doesn't have a direct impact to the club, but like if you if if for example me as an Arsenal fan, or if I was an Arsenal fan, if I saw all this stuff on you know on Instagram or. <laughs> YouTube of Arsenal fan TV, um, kicking off and all this. Obviously, I'm going to be more angry as an Arsenal fan because I'm going to lean towards their views. Yeah. So that's going to. There's put one more thing I do want to.
1: Yeah, I want to say is that I do think Arsenal fans could be regarded as one of the worst fans yeah. when it comes to like to backing the team and things, because they used to like if I say used to. They they usually well back like 10 years ago, would win titles and stuff. And they, they always think they can... They, they, that's where they know they are. That's what they think they are. They think they're title winners and stuff like that. When in reality, they, they win the FA Cup a couple of times. That's about it.
0: Yeah, I, I think and, you yeah. see that a lot with other teams as well. But I do think with the, the presence of Arsenal fan TV, how funny and how big it actually is, I think it makes you think that they're just like that and there's no other teams like that but with a, as you were saying, there are teams that are with Arsenal who were at the top, have been at the very, very top uh, for a number of years and have dropped pretty drastically since then. You're always going to get these fans that are going to be fuming but like, I would say you've seen United fans like that but as there's no Man United sort of TV that's as big as Arsenal fan TV, you don't see it as much. I feel like Maybe Arsenal fan TV being everywhere sort of gives you a false portrayal of yeah
1: uh,
0: that I'm, they are I'm the kinda, only annoyed fans in
1: the world. I'm just thinking. Yeah. I'm on about when they uh, had all the Wenger out and stuff. Just because yeah. Wenger wasn't like, wasn't he wasn't even doing awful when you think about it. Yeah. He just he's doing very average. Yeah, I do also think that's very like quite disrespectful from the fans to yeah. shun one of the the person who literally built your club yeah mm-hmm. so i mean you see that
0: you, you'll see that everywhere There was there is a uh, fickle uh, fickle uh football fans everywhere that will the 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 mind will change every every second about who like i bet i bet a lot of those people like oh my god arson is the best player ever a best manager ever and then the next day like oh he's terrible and you see that everywhere with football with results going up and down but the whole Arsenal, a uh, Venger out, sort of movement on Arsenal fan TV was so like hilarious and funny that it got so much sort of promotion. And everyone yeah. saw that around the world. Um, but it also happens in, in everywhere in clubs. Like for Bolton, uh, Ian Everett, our manager, he was um, had a terrible start at the season, uh, losing pretty much uh, uh, all our games. And everyone's saying, it's terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible. Now we're on a running form and you're like, oh, he's the the next Alex Ferguson uh, so you, you do get that contrast quite a lot and I feel like Arsenal Fan TV what the fans are saying there really shouldn't affect the actual club and the board and the manager they should really like learn to phase that out and they I definitely don't think Arsenal Fan TV are a reason why Arsenal are doing so bad at the minute.
4: No I, it, that, that wasn't necessarily my point it was just to do with the media coverage and how that portrays Arsenal as a football club at, at the current state, making it, obviously, it is in a very bad position, but making it look a lot worse than it is because it's being memed out of. Uh, that yeah. was my point, but yeah, mm. I agree. I mean, I definitely think Arsenal fan TV isn't a good thing for Arsenal football club. Not at the current minute, but that's because that's the people's opinion. And the the people's opinion isn't always a good thing, you know?
0: I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's just a thing people should um, sort of take with a pinch of salt like anything you see on social media. Don't believe everything you hear. Just because one person says that doesn't mean you have to then believe them. Uh, so I would say it's just a fun no. thing. And it's a, it's actually, I just think it's quite a good thing to sort of get um, a chat amongst fans and sort of a, a community. But I don't think, I wouldn't say Arsenal fan TV are <clears throat> showing and making Arsenal look completely worse than they are cuz i think they are at the minute like one of the lowest i've ever seen them yeah
3: mm.
1: well I, th- I, I do also think that they i think they're one of two teams to never get relegated from the top division i might be wrong about that but yeah yeah you're like, right and, yeah and this would be dreadful if you think about yeah, you'd be it they've never really been in the bottom half of the table like yeah Properly, but this is the season where they are mm. now a bomb side. It won't, probably won't happen very long. They'll probably in a couple of seasons be back up in like the top six. But mm. if it does stay like this, this is really bad for the history of the club yeah. and the status at the moment as well. Just They won't be able to attract any players. And mm. they were actually struggling to do that anyway. Mm. Mm when it comes to big players to try and get them to the Champions League
0: okay guys thank you for listening to this episode of On The Counter Uh, we've uh, thoroughly enjoyed having Zen on for the first time Uh, what did you make of it Zen? yeah it was fun yeah he's going to be a regular um, uh, appearance on this um, channel Um, so thank you for watching go follow the socials we're on Instagram and, um, uh, uh, and on iTunes Spotify and TikTok um thanks all for watching and we'll catch you in the next one